Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. It's your girl, Millie Mills, another great edition of Bring It in the House podcast show, where we spotlight musicians, entertainers, artists, and leaders. I'm so excited because we have a legendary member in the house tonight, Mr. Felton Pilot. Yay! Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Thank you so much for stopping by to speak with us. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome. It is such a pleasure. I mean, I grew up in the 70s listening to Confunction was my group back in the day. Love's Train. I got to be enough girl. Remember that one? Think about it. I'm I'm sure you know. (laughs) I'm getting carried away with it. But (laughs) I mean... um, that music was some of the the music, you know, like a soundtrack to our our lives. Those that grew up in the urban parts. So again, thank you so much for stopping by. Before we get started, you know, we'd like to shout out to our native town. So you are originally from? I was born in Jackson, Mississippi, but raised in Vallejo, California. What's up, Vallejo? All right. And what's your alma mater? I graduated from Hogan High School. Hogan High School. Uh, Hogan, Hogan, on, on, on the east side of town. Right. East side of town. What's the mascot? Uh, the Spartan. Spartans. Okay. All right. Woo-hoo. Now, your your parents, you come from hardworking parents. Your dad mm-hmm. was a naval physician, and your mom, a musician, and a social worker. That's where you get your skills from a lot, and as far as the music arena, that that's that that's true. Uh, my mother did major in music, um, yeah. and uh, she did participate in the uh, choir uh, in in Vallejo. She yeah, she she actually had this beautiful operatic voice, and she's one of those people who can cite the music on piano. Um, oh, wow! And so you know, classical music was her favorite that that's that was her strength my dad um was not a musician by any stretch of the imagination (laughs) but he loved to sing um he loved to listen to jazz and so uh that was my two early influences uh there in the house and it all depended on who was the first person to get to the (laughs) hi-fi on 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 Saturdays and Sundays, if it was my mom, we'd be listening to uh, Beethoven, uh, Brahms, Bach, yeah, you know. Uh, and if it was my dad, it was Count Basie, Duke Ellington, etc. You know, so it was uh, always music around the house. As, mm. as, a, as a matter of fact, um, I've said it often. There's been a piano in my house as far as back as I can remember, even when I was mm. living with my grandmother for a while in Jackson before moving to California. Uh, there was a piano in my grandmother's house that I assumed used to belong to my mother. And I was always uh, playing the piano. Playing the piano. So it's always been there. It's always been there. So you, you basically, you always kind of knew that music would be a big part of your life. At, huh? at, 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 at least, at least part, right? And that mm-hmm. when, um, there was an opportunity to to join the band in fifth grade, right? Yeah. And I auditioned to play drums. Mm-hmm. Um, and although I passed the audition, they said, "Well, Felton, bottom line is that we've got too too many drummer, too many people with drums. We're just going to assign you another instrument." So they assigned me trumpet. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I, I took trumpet lessons for for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, played trumpet throughout um, junior high school. Uh, then I became interested in learning to play piano. So my mother, my mother hired a pianist. Her name was Tanya Erickson, who would drive all the way over from San Francisco to Vallejo every week to teach me music. Um, and then I wanted to learn how to play guitar. And my mother says, no, I'm not giving you guitar lessons. So I taught myself how to play guitar. Um, um, other instruments came later. So that's, wow. that's where I got started on that. That's amazing. And so after all of that, eventually, I, I was doing some research, you ran into Michael Cooper, right? As you got older. Huh. And at right. that time, he was with a group called Project Soul. Right. Okay. okay. We were, um, I actually um, started my own band uh, when I was 16. And the, and, and the story behind that was, you know, I was I was really in the beginning stages of learning learning to play guitar. So I was sixteen, you know, um, fifteen, sixteen. Fifteen, sixteen. Um, and a friend of mine, uh, my my best friend at the time, his name was Alan Merlin. We happened to uh, exchange gifts one Christmas. He gave me his electric guitar that he had no real interest in. And I gave him a book on about electricity, which I had no interest in. And that, you know, I was interested in how that formed both, you know, helped form both of our lives. He became very interested in electricity, wound up starting his own electronic shop, had uh, had his own electronic shop there in Blaine. Of course, I became a musician. Um, a young man who lived around the corner from me was starting his own band, right? And he asked me, would I join his band? I'm like, oh, man. yeah. So it was to play guitar. So I'm, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not real good at guitar, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a quick learner. He said, um, uh, about, about three or four songs, and he said, we're going to learn Alfie because, you know, he was playing a lot of fashion shows and mm -hmm. stuff like that there in Blair. And he had an older brother who was like, his name was in the picture, like like every single week for a plane for something, right? And so I guess he was tired of living in his brother's shadow. So he's gonna start his own band and he asked me to play drum, um, uh, guitar. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna learn the song Alfie and I got very excited about the song Alfie. I'm like, oh man, I love that song. That's just, uh, I wanna sing it. Cause at, at that point my voice had not Fully changed the way and I could sing Alfie and Dion Warwick's piece. And of course, having never been in a band before, I wasn't aware of the protocols, how that's supposed to work. I just can't, you know, mm -hmm. take over and sing. So he looked at me, he gave me a look. Tell you what, fellow, why don't you come over and audition Saturday? Yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> I get up and I proudly walk. I mean, I mean, he literally lived two streets over. So I walked over to his house. And he sat down at the piano and I sang my heart out. And after I, I finished the song, he said, Feldman, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. If I were you, I would stick to playing guitar because you will never, 
ever yeah. make it as a singer. <laughs> <laughs> Broke my heart, but I wasn't going to accept that. So I quit his band yeah. to start my own. To start your own. Yeah. And I thank him to this day. Had he not told me that, I would have not started my own band. I would have just followed and stuck with him, which wouldn't have not led to me meeting Michael Cooper. For a while, my band and Michael's band were competing bands in town. We were always wound up playing at uh, uh, metal bands and other events and stuff like that. And uh, I had seen, uh, and we had seen each other multiple times. And I was always like, man, these guys, these guys are really, really, really good. Uh, when my band broke up, Michael popped up at my front door. <laughs> he said, man, heard your group woke up. You want to join us? I'm like, I'll think about it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Didn't want to appear too eager, but I couldn't help myself. Oh man, I got to join Fridays Yeah. Um yeah. a very momentous move for both of us, you know. Michael and I, the team of Cooper and Pilot, we both believe was really instrumental for the music foundation of, of uh Project Soul like to be confunction. And uh that, that team Still working to this day. To this day. Congratulations on all your success. Thank you. You you. are very, very welcome. And I mean, it's amazing how you can just keep, I guess that's the key. I guess you have to keep reinventing yourself. But how do you get to stay out there like that, Felton? That, you know, just. We. We were blessed. Our, our our second album went gold, right? And the next four albums mm-hmm. went at least, at least gold. We had one platinum album. Mm-hmm. And we were just, like I said, very blessed to be able to write music that people enjoy. You know, we were, we were a top 40 band. Yeah. From, obviously, from, from the day I joined. Um, until a year at, until a year after we recorded our first album, you know, we, that's that, that's pretty much how we made our living. Uh, that's not quite accurate. We spent two years being the backup band for Stax recording artists, the Soul Children, right? Which is how we wound up leaving, or how we wound up leaving Vallejo. Right? Okay. They picked us up on around August second of 1972, moved us from Vallejo, you know, moving out of our parents' house into living uh, on our own. I think there was at one point nine of us staying in a three-bedroom house, um, surviving as the backup band for Soul Children. We quit them in 74. Um, we wound up signing a production deal with a gentleman named Ted Sturtis who ran a recording studio there in Memphis called Audio Dimension. Mm. Um, he wound up signing us to a record deal uh, with a young lady named Estelle Axton, 
who had just started her own record company called Free Tone Records. Uh, years before, Miss um, Acton and her brother, Jim Stewart, had a uh, record company and they used the first two letters of his last name and the first two letters of her last name to name their record company, Stax. Mm -hmm. uh, so at some point she and he split up. So she's down on her own and she signed to do with uh, the Free Tone Records. We wound up doing um, two two singles for them. We did a, uh, a remake of Bob Dylan's Tamara, a, a funky version of Bob Dylan's Mr. Tambourine Man. I'm not sure if you ever heard it. You probably wouldn't like it, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, I mean we, 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 tur we turned that song into, into something else. And, and another single was called Click. Click. And on the back side was a ballad that I wrote called uh, Now and Forever. Um, eventually, uh, Mr. Sturgis managed to get Mercury Records to come down and watch us perform um, at a nightclub there in Memphis called the Rosewood. And uh, Mr. Char Mr. Charlie Fash came down, the president of Motown. He saw us do his set and uh, gave us a record deal. You know, it was huge. And to tie all that in, that all that time we spent as a top 40 band was a huge education. I, I mean, it is for every single band to wind up playing other people's music, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, that whole process of breaking down a Ohio Players song or a Commodore song or a, a, a mandrel or the stylistics or the spinners or whatever song we happen to be learning, every time we would break that song down so we could learn it, we picked up picked up some more musical ed education, you know, mm -hmm. uh, of how those producers put those tracks together, and subconsciously we picked all that up. Um, and speaking of, I didn't mean to cut you off, but speaking of someone, um, you know, doing someone else's songs, I was uh, well, I had already heard it too, but I did some research and Bruno Mars the new pop singer Silk of Silk Sonic. Uh, they redid your, your song's classic, uh, one of your classic songs, Love's Train. Yeah. Yeah, they, he was kind of unknown, so we kind of had to have him out a little bit. I'm, I, I'm totally joking here. Yeah, I know you're joking. <laughs> <laughs> for, we, for... <clears throat> we woke up on Valentine's Day um, was last year, and uh, Michael... Called him, dude. Have you heard this? Heard what? You haven't heard it. So he sent me this link, and I listened. And I'm like, <laughs> really? Um, I was blown away. Michael was blown away. Um, I found it. Listened several more times. I was like, man, I I, I couldn't believe it. So so I feel honored 
that another artist would uh, cover one of our Kovacs, one of your classics. And, and, so, and, so, and, such a, and such a major artist, right? Yeah, yeah. Was, we, uh, we're going to take a listen to it so the audience, and guys, in case you're just joining us, we're speaking with legendary Felton Pilot of Confunction, and we're going to take a listen to the cover version that Bruno Mars and uh, Pack of uh, Silk Sonic, we're going to take a version, uh, listen to their version, and, and we'll see what you think, guys. It, both versions are nice, but I just... Oh, I love you guys so That, that was pretty good though yeah so i know when you heard when you guys heard you like what yes yeah <laughs> and um but i i have to say their version in the beginning those horns duh, they really stand out it sounds more like um i heard something from earth wind and fire back in the day it reminds me of the earth wind and fire song okay yeah, yeah the uh the live horns that they added of course we're not on the original recording i love that little touch that they added mm -hmm. i like mm -hmm. how they uh kept the emotion of the original recording yet added their silk sonic spin on top of it i think i think they did a good job they did and it helped expose your song to the to the younger generation yes and yeah. never yeah. heard it before yeah. it, it was it was a interesting sensation going to watch them perform we had a chance michael and i had a chance to go fly to las vegas and thank them in person for doing it at uh, at their show they were doing Silk Sonic at the MGM Grand, mm -hmm. and while and they uh, and they played it on on stage while we we're sitting in the audience, which is my first time getting a chance to experience something like that. I'm watching a major artist doing my song in front of several thousand people, and I had to ignore the stage for a minute and, had, and looked around and seeing all these people singing. Yeah something of mine right yes, and it was, know. you know and and although it was his version that they were relating to i was like you know that that sense of pride it was yeah. just like oh, overwhelming i know it was i'm getting yeah, goosebumps but... as you say that <laughs> <laughs> really guys we want to take a listen to the original version of confunctions love train this song is a classic and i will always love it take a listen
a beautiful song. Thank oh you. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. When you guys were putting that song together, please tell me the story behind it. How did it come <laughs> about? <laughs> um, the original version of Love's Train had an entirely different set of lyrics. And this, this happened often with us. I would, I would write a track and... And Michael would have an idea for for some lyrics, and and, and in this specific case, uh, the original song had a totally different story, totally different feel. And and since I wrote it, of course, I'm attached to it. And when I first heard, it, I'm like, Nah, this ain't gonna work. <laughs> this this is not gonna work. Uh, it took some. It took some convincing, and I really, really was not feeling it. It took some convincing from of the band, as I felt, man, this has got this so much emotion, and it just took a while. I was, I'm like, okay, you're right. Yeah, it, it does. It took some convincing. Um, that was it. You know, um, yeah. the story. I mean, where, where did it come from, Felt? I mean, the the, the storyline uh -huh. is about a gentleman who has found himself on the wrong side of a love triangle oh. right and is based on a real event that took place michael and i wound up seeing the same same young lady um and listen carefully to the lyrics the whole story is there the whole story is there <laughs> well it's a beautiful song i mean an yes, experience out of the experience came a beautiful classic. So, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Michael says on stage often, "Man, don't do it. Man, don't do everything to hurt us. Or else we're gonna write a song about it, and make a million dollars." Amazing. So, what's next for you, Felton? I mean, you guys have done everything. I mean, oh yeah, can't forget you have your honorary doctoral degree. Doctorate, yeah, yes, yes. yes. So I, um, I have a picture of that here. I want to um, I want to share that with the with the viewers. So there's your there's your honorary degree. Yes, Doctor um, Felton Pilot. <laughs> My gosh, that that's was amazing. Probably one of the proudest moments of my life, uh, and this happened on my birthday last year. Aww. Um and and it was a surprise my, my wife jennifer um to my right in the, in the, in mm -hmm. the photo um she she had wanted to make some she said since this this was my 70th birthday she wanted to make it something special so uh she wound up talking to to the people at the uh at the uh bible institute and seminary she also uh, uh had found um, an organization um, that dealt with the Presidential Lifetime Achievement Awards. And um, I wound up, we were, Michael, both Michael and I both wound up getting uh, this very prestigious award uh, from the President and Vice President uh, Lifetime Achievement Awards. And uh, I was literally in tears uh, standing on stage uh, we had a very nice event at the Grammy Theater in uh, in, in uh, Hollywood, uh, and she set up this birthday party for me with this. Uh, there was live live performances, um, and at the end, um, this this huge this huge surprise uh, 
came up. Um, the apps absolutely amazing. Uh, and 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 I was and huge. So so between my wife and uh, and and Desiree Benson, uh, they helped they helped mm-hmm. that up. Uh, Hi Desiree. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, second one to my right on on the floor. Sec- second from the left. Uh, from, from the left. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an amazing night to, to be able to have this, this birthday event, be able to perform some songs from my new album. Uh, Michael sang, my, my, my good friend Janice Marie Johnson, she sang. And then uh, to end up with this uh, Lifetime Achievement Award and the Honorary Doctorate. I remember at the evening, I, I, I said, I couldn't wait for someone to ask me what I got for my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> what a birthday gift. What Absolutely. a birthday gift. Absolutely. And, and I got to say congratulations for all your success again. And not only in the music arena in your career, but as a family man, your beautiful wife, always there cheering you on. Beautiful yeah. couple. Yes. She's very, very special. We'll be celebrating our two-year anniversary uh, later this summer. Mm-hmm. Oh. And uh, as as a matter of fact, she just got it. Her new job is working for that agency. Her and her job is to, is to find people who qualify for that award. So, uh, and yes. I'm I'm very very lucky to have found her. Yeah. Yes, you're very blessed to have you know someone to. That's what it's all about. Stick it through with you. Um, be that champion. Uh, I was trying to see there's if there's another picture here also. I don't know if a lot of the viewers are aware that you wrote a lot of music for MC Hammer too. I'm not sure if they knew that. So uh, yeah, yeah, and you got a um, platinum award for the MC Hammer collaboration. Yes, yeah. that particular platinum. award was for selling ten mi- ten million copies. Ten million, uh, which is huge. There's another plaque. Of selling over fifty million copies, which is huge, you know. Yes, yes, very uh, huge. Uh, that was nice. I wound up for a while in the Guinness Book of World Records for having the top-selling rap album. You know, oh, wow. the, uh, for the biggest at that at that time for the biggest-selling rap album. Biggest rap-selling yeah. album. Look at huge. that. Which and one was that exactly? Is that one. The- the one with uh, you can't touch this. Uh, please, can't ha- touch it. Mm-hmm. Please hammer, don't hurt him. Uh, wow. uh, quick shout out to my co-producer on that album, James Early, who also worked with me on on the first album, Feel My Power, with uh, let's let's get it started. You know, big big mm-hmm. shout. What's up, James? <laughs> hey, what's up, James? Yeah. Well, it's an honor. I mean, we're just about to run out of time, but uh, before we go, let me give you a moment to, you know, any shout outs, anyone or tributes, anything you want to wow. say to anyone? Uh, all of my in-laws, uh, um, Je- Jennifer's family is an absolutely wonderful family. Uh, Jeff, uh, uh, Edie, Emma, Cynthia, um, it's Quick shout out to them, uh, to all my kids, um, all six kids, and all my grandkids, and my great great granddaughter. You know, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I left out one of my in laws, uh, uh, Ernestine. So, uh, yeah, uh, 
And to all of my fans, all of, all, all the people who have stuck with a confunction, all the people who have, uh, have been with me through my um, solo career and all the, 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 the individual stuff that I'm working on. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys being there for me. Oh, you're very welcome. We're just honored to have you. You took time out, you know, to, to share with us your success. It means so much. Uh, any words, quick words? We got about uh, 30 seconds. Any words of wisdom or encouragement you want to share? Uh, the, the thing people always ask me, what advice do I give to, to new musicians? Hey, is it like this? It's called the music in, it's called the music business for a reason. It's not called a music party. It's not called a music emotion. It's music business. Learn that. Be aware of that. Keep you from getting burned. Yeah. I guess you guys heard it here from legendary Felton Pilot of the legendary R&B group Confunction. Again, we thank you so much. We thank your publicist for making all of this possible. Desiree Benson, we love you. And we thank everyone for stopping by to watch us tonight. We'll see you next week right here on Bring It in the House. Bye-bye.